Welcome back to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolu Talks. Arnold Reasons. And we've got a special guest, but not a guest, Peter the Rock from the Blacksmith Furnace. Once again, thank you guys for having me. Yes, Peter. Good to have you back, man. How you doing? Uh, I've been well, been well, been very well. Thank you. Yeah, I've been good. good. That's good to hear. It's always good to have you on the show. So we're going to jump straight into this conversation. Earlier this week, um, I was at work and I was just in the middle of what I call a work storm. So just one of those situations (laughs) where, (laughs) literally one of those situations where everything seems like it's going crazy. Um, Mm. It looks like the world's about to end. And yeah, fear tries to bubble up. And I think this is an interesting thing to talk about because generally like in workplace settings and even just at face value, a lot of people don't see the side of me that experiences those feelings of fear and Mm. so a lot of people assume it doesn't exist but here i am i'm confessing i'm letting you not know that fear does try to live in my home sometimes um and i think this was one of those days where the task that we were dealing with was something that caused me to start to feel a little bit anxious and so in those moments when i started to feel fear and anxiousness starting to rise up I had I had a conversation with my boss and I think I just realized how calm he was and how mm. unmoved by the situation. He's not, well, at least as far as I know, he's not a professing Christian, but there's certain traits that I've seen that make me wonder whether he is. <laughs> but um, And this is one of them. <laughs> but I think like just seeing his calmness and seeing how, how, how just at peace he seemed about the whole situation and how in control of it it seemed that he was it naturally was something that passed on to me as well and so naturally you know like i'm doing the thing that i'll do i'll pray i'll submit it to god but one thing practically speaking in that moment that i realized was how powerful it is to have good leadership where um i don't know i don't know if maybe he experienced those feelings of anxiety and stuff in his private places but when it came to him leading the company and leading the conversation and engaging with me um, I could see very quickly that he was very calm and naturally his calmness was something that made me feel calm and made me feel a lot like, yeah, it's really not as bad as it seems. Mm. And so, so yeah, so after that happened, I sent a message to Tolly and just made the point. Note to self, good leadership really makes the difference. And so I thought mm. it'd be good to start fleshing that out in a bit of a conversation, guys. What do you guys think about that? So, um... So I I don't know if you guys know who this person is, uh, Jocko Willink. Nope. So he's a he's a former Navy SEAL. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Because <laughs> I was thinking, is it the same guy? Yeah, Jocko. Yeah. 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 And he he constantly talks like this, and everything is very intense. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, My name is Jocko. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Um, and he wrote a book about his time in the SEALs as a SEAL commander, I think, um, or platoon commander or something along those lines. And the book's called Extreme Ownership. And one of the tenets of the book is there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. Um, and he demonstrates the points quite literally with us with a story of when they're going through SEAL selection, I think, Um they all divide you into groups, they select a leader, and you've got to do these really intense training exercises. 
and he found that for teams that were he he did an experiment where the highest performing team and the lowest performing team all he did was switch the leaders and in switching the leaders he found that that lowest performing team came to be the second highest performing team or even or in some cases actually overtaken that first um that that highest performing team and it all came down to the leader Uh, and his his thing is there are no bad teams they're only bad leaders so i definitely subscribe to that idea that good leadership makes all the difference um of course there will always be times where you know sometimes you just got the devil's child as your (laughs) (laughs) um but but I think I think yeah, a, a good leader makes a whole 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 bigger um, big, big makes a whole lot of a difference uh, to to a situation. I think just to kind of add to your point about you know sometimes you're still going to have the devil's child. Mm-hmm. Like think about the best leader that ever lived would be Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus had a Judas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even in all of that, like you can have the best leader in the world and mm-hmm. still have people acting out. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> So I think, yeah, just to echo that point. Um, So I've actually got a question kind of on this whole thing because obviously I spoke about how a lot of people who maybe see me from a distance don't necessarily know that I experience those moments where fear and anxiety tries to come up. Yeah, can I just say, when you said that to me, I was a bit confused. Why did you say that? I read the message, I was like, I had to check who it was from. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, Arnold. Yeah, man, it happens. But the question that I want to ask on the back of it is like leadership, because yeah, in, in, in leadership positions, because when I think about the lady that um, I manage at work, for example, she will never see that side of me. Like, and I'm not even being funny about it. Like, and it's not because I'm trying to pretend to be something other than I am, but I think now I'm starting to feed into the answer, but (laughs) let me ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> do you think like what do you guys think about being a leader and where the line of vulnerability and stuff to the people that you're leading should be how much should you show mm-hmm. and how much is maybe not such a good idea to show in terms of a healthy balance mm-hmm. I think for me it's less about how much do you show mm-hmm. and less about and more about how do you show it so okay. for example I will regularly tell my team like look in this meeting, I have no idea what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> like, like regularly, right? Because I think sometimes they can see us and think that, oh, he's got it all together. He's super yeah. confident. But I was having um, like a PDP session with one of the guys in my team. And we were talking about confidence. And I said, look, you ask really good questions. You have really good things to say. But you can tell that sometimes your confidence isn't there. And he's like, you know, well, I'm new into the team and I don't really know this. And then I said, look most of the time I'm in these meetings and you're there, I I have no idea what I'm talking about, Mm. you know? And they're all like, but you, but you're really confident. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just because of how I ask the questions or how I frame it. But in reality, I really don't know what I'm talking about. You know, Mm. I might say, look, there have been times where someone has handed something over to me in a meeting and I am literally like, what? I didn't even, like people have been like, oh, you're presenting this in front of the client when it's about to happen. And in that moment, I'm like, uh, what? What? I haven't even seen this deck before. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? But it's to let them know that, look, these things are going to happen. It's okay to feel those things because we all feel those things. 
it's really about how do you frame it you know what do you do with it and that's where for me it's important for them to know because sometimes it can come across like look i just roll with everything nothing even attempts to phase me but yeah. it's actually to know that look no things will come that will absolutely catch you off guard yeah. and that's where for me it's more about how but if i get into that situation and then i freak out you know and then i'm Cause letting this, everybody because yeah, this is what i was trying to get at Peter, yeah. do you want to say something as well? Um, well, so uh, I think for me, sim- similar to Tolo, actually, it's it, it's not necessarily um, how much, um, but it, it's also, the, the, well, I tend to ask myself the question, how much do they need to know? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how much will they, knowing how much I'm freaking out, help them get their job done? Especially um, in the moment. Really good question. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the moment. <laughs> it's like, you if know. he's freaking out, what, what am I meant to do? Yeah. Because the, the last thing you want to do is... So any sort of high-pressure situation, the last thing you want to do is lose your core. Because then you lose any chance of getting out of it. Mm. But, the, the the you know, it's almost equally, maybe more dangerous to not not allow people to recognize the urgency of a situation mm. and so it's it's actually dire but you're all cool and collected and the people looking up to you are like oh you know there's nothing to worry about and, and they relax, relax and, and they you know, get cool and yeah. but, but sometimes they need to know that no 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 this is this is serious the and so is, the you building's burning down but can't you do that in a cool calm and collected way because there's a difference if someone busts into him is like look everybody needs to get out of here right now the building is on fire you all need to be calm and proceed with you know chill mm. versus oh my gosh oh my gosh everything yeah. about- you better get out of here <laughs> exactly you know so, yeah which is where the why the how comes in absolutely which is where the how yeah. comes in because if you completely start crying and you know drooling then you know it it doesn't help but yeah so yeah yeah i, I agree and I, I just think i tend to think what 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 will what do they need to know that will help them get whatever they need to get done done i so, have a yeah. question for you very left field and this might even get edited out <laughs> do you think angels lose their call <laughs> so uh, it's, it's this sounds like a question that belongs on the blacksmith's furnace you know Honestly. <laughs> that's gonna be the next uh sorry not sorry isn't it yeah i'm, I'm gonna but go for it shoot that um so so i don't i don't necessarily think that they lose their call but i think that they can well so the, the 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 instance I'm thinking of is when Daniel had been praying and the Prince of Persia was stopping the angel from bringing his answer. Mm-hmm. There's no indication that the angel was flustered, but evidently the angel was up against someone or a principality that they couldn't overcome until Michael would come and help them. And so I I, I don't necessarily know if they lose their call or if that angel was scared or, or whatever. Evidently, he was still trying to come, only being blocked, and then Michael had to come and help him out. But um, he saw Daniel after it had already been done. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking of in a moment. So the one I was thinking of mm. is when Sodom and Gomorrah was about to be destroyed. Yeah. Mm. And the angels have come to get Lot and his family out of there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Lot yeah, and his family, they're dilly-dally. You yeah, know, that's a bad instance, actually. Yeah, you know, and I'm yeah. thinking because it then says like, you know, the angel was kind of like, no, we need to go now. Yeah, you know, and then that's the how... angel literally grabbed him and he like, like grabbed take... him. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, 
But I'm trying yeah. to think, was the angel like, yo, 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 we really need to... I'm, I'm not thinking they are, because for me, I think the angel was like these ultra cool beings. Do you know what I'm saying? He's well, like... Well, from, 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 from what I remember of, of the text, it, there was a sense of urgency when with the angel, like, you need to go because we can't do what we came to do whilst you're here. Yeah. There was that sense of urgency. But yeah, I don't know if they were like freaking out. You know, it was like freaking out, you know? I feel <laughs> yeah. like... Well, stuff is about to start falling from the sky. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this place is about to blow. Yeah. And I'm trying to imagine, like, I know they basically picked them up and were like, but for me, I'm seeing it more like, okay, you don't want to go? Like, pick you up over my shoulder, let's roll. Yeah. You know, I'm not seeing it like, ah! <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because because I don't think I don't think they do, because I think for me, even when Jesus lost his call, he was still cool, you know? <laughs> Like when he's yeah. flipping out the tables and all this kind of stuff, mm. I don't think he was out of control. Mm. But there's there's a difference between like losing your cool and getting angry, and then losing your cool out of fear. How so? So if you're if you're losing your cool just being angry, then more often than not you're going to be offensive. You're going to be uh, when I say offensive, you're going to be the one attacking. If that makes sense, and you've lost your cool, you've you know gone into uh, rage mode <laughs> you're just like but, but to lose your call isn't that stuff. to lose self-control exactly it, it, in essence but i think it manifests differently if i'm just if i'm angry and i lose my call i'm just you know maybe i'm i'm flipping tables i'm doing all this but it's still an attack the way but, i see it anyway there's an attack component to it that doesn't necessarily present but uh, mm. i think you can be angry but not lose your call because oh, when yeah. you, when you read that thing it says about how he made the whip right yeah. and if you've lo- if you've lost self-control you're not going to be there like making a whip before you yeah. braiding that little freak yeah. do you know what i'm saying just, yeah. just slowly braiding your thing and so that's why i think like you can be because it says be angry yeah. but do not sin, not sin. Yeah. right so i can be angry about something but i can still be very cool very mm. calm very i can have the feeling of anger but i don't have to explode yeah no absolutely yeah you know and that's where i think that actually what is is that is that helpful for my team? Because for me, I put the fear and the explosive anger in the same category in terms of expressing that in front of my team. For real. Because mm. mm. I, I think even from the different things you've both said, there are two different ways of pretty much like categorizing this whole thing. And the one side is just where you share from a place of informing and maybe even thinking about how you can benefit your, the people that you're leading in whatever way you're leading them, which I'm a big fan of. Like, I'm, I'm big on that. And I don't believe in trying to pretend that everything is okay 24-7 and showing, mm. like, a false perception that is not achievable by the people you're leading. Like, mm. I don't believe in that at all. But then on the other side, it's having the wisdom to know that there are certain things you may feel or experience that just would not benefit your team or the people that you're leading to to know that because like i'll give you an example what i was gonna get at when i started giving my stuff away before asking the question the lady in my team i know she's very fearful Mm. and so in terms of the kind of leadership that she needs i don't give her like a a, a version that makes her think that in this guy's world like he never has to navigate through questions or anything like that a lot of the time there's through intentionally so as well there's times when we'll be picking apart a problem I'll have a different opinion to what she has, but I'll let her express her opinion. And sometimes we go her way rather than mine. Even if, even in some situations mm. where I feel like, mm, I feel like my, my way probably is better. 
But mm. there's certain times where I think that for the sake of what would be good for her growth and for the team, let's do her way. And sometimes, mm. sometimes it won't work out as well. But oftentimes she does bring good ideas. And sometimes she actually does in the end bring forward ideas that are better than my own. And so, so yes, I think with the way that I lead her, I have to be mindful that I don't necessarily allow her to see the the fullness of some of the raw emotions when you're in a moment when you might not feel all the way together about the decision. But I wouldn't necessarily hide from her the fact that I'm a human being, you know, and there's a journey to the decision that you make that you sometimes have to go through. And even in knowing that she's someone that experiences a lot of fear and can be quite anxious overall, sometimes Mm. it is important to be able to show her that, you know what, in a moment, there is a level of how we're going to get through this, but showing Mm. her the journey of how to get there to the point where you still move and still can act anyway. And I, and I think that's what's important is why am I showing this, yeah, right? Am I showing it because actually I can't control my emotions in the moment? Or am I showing this because actually this is encouragement for someone else? Yeah. You know, or this is a learning opportunity or look, this is where I got it wrong. Yeah. Because actually I think one of the great signs, one of the signs of a great leader is someone who could admit that they got it wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, so we were having a conversation um, with my boss and at some points it was feeling like, look, he's really not really hearing what I'm saying. And, you know, he's kind of just discarding what I'm saying. And, you know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, really communicate to him. And then after he said, look, he messaged me and the other lady that were in the meeting said, look, I realize I've been reflecting on it and I feel like I came across a bit harsh, you know, and I don't want you guys to feel like you can't talk up. He's like, what I really value is the fact that you're very candid with me. You're very frank. You challenge me. You know, and in that moment, he was he was being vulnerable about the fact that, look, I got it wrong. Yeah. You know, and for me, what that did for me is that like that really like comforted me. And from where before I was maybe thinking like, okay, this speaking up all the time, is this really actually what my boss wants from me? Mm. He really affirmed that and encouraged that, you know, despite Mm. what had just happened. Mm. So where he had kind of opened up his vulnerabilities and his flaws and how he was navigating that situation that actually brought a lot more kind of like trust yeah back into the situation yeah you know so i think sometimes showing your vulnerabilities can can kind of engender trust and i think that that's where you know it's important to be able to do that in a very real way but also knowing why you're doing it you know actually is this something that's going to be helpful for someone or like in the case of like the lady that you work with you know you've been on this journey with her for more than a year now right so you know that actually she's not is she really trying to like change or grow or this kind of thing is it actually going to be helpful or is she just thinking i just need to get this done Mm. and and i'm not thinking about any of the other stuff so i think it comes down to knowing your people um and knowing what will be helpful for them and i think that's part of being what's part of being a good leader Mm. i think like this is such a relevant thing like not just in just maybe some of the obvious leadership positions like in work and stuff but even in the church because Mm. i think like for me when i think about my journey as a christian i think some of the most impactful conversations i've had have been with people who were further on the further along the journey than me who can be open and honest enough about i guess their lives for me to not make an idol out of them but Mm. to also still be able to respect them as a leader but know that they too are also humans Mm. Um, and I, th- I think that's even the example that you mentioned about your boss at work. I think that's what that does. It, it helps you to see that, you know what, this person is not a machine. 
they get mm. things wrong just like I do. And I think what it does mm. is it creates the it creates hope for the person who is being led to know that you know what? If I know that I don't have it all together and I feel like all of the leaders are people that have it all together, then in my mind, I can never attain this. But mm-hmm. I think the more that I see that the leadership are people who don't get me wrong, they're not necessarily side by side and falling into mm. the same mess that I am as, as mm. much as I am. Mm. But they have enough of their humanity on display for me to know that even as you progress in your experience and in your um, leadership roles, you still are a human being. And yeah, it's something that can be attainable. And and looking at it from a slightly diff- different perspective. So I did this course um, about a week ago. And one of the things they were talking about was an environment of psychological safety. Yeah. And I feel like, so what that is, is for example, if we talk about an environment with like doctors and nurses, mm-hmm. is an environment where a nurse can question a doctor on something that he's doing right yeah. and everybody is cool with that yeah, right yeah, yeah. so in me knowing that look sometimes my boss can miss it and he's happy to admit that yeah it also encourages me to question some of the things that i see mm-hmm. that he may not be seeing because like you said we're human we all have blind spots okay. you know and actually when it feels like my boss knows everything and i can never question him that actually discourages me from speaking up in some of those moments for sure you know, so for me as a leader, I want to try and make sure that, look, I create an environment where do my teammates trust me? Do the t- people who I lead trust me? Absolutely. Yeah. But are they also happy to question me? Right. Because they see things that I don't see. And that's why I have a team. Yeah. And and just to even add on to that as well, as much as it mm. doesn't um, encourage you as the person to speak up, it also causes the leader to miss out on so much value that they could yeah. get from these different exactly. perspectives different views exactly because even exactly. me as a person i know that i can be very strong in my views about different things but i think the people that i'm closest to know and i try to reinforce it time after time again that <laughs> please keep challenging because uh, whether i agree with the challenge or not you know at the very least it's given me an opportunity to consider a different way of thinking for sure you know and i yeah. think that's how that's how you're able to benefit from not just the limitations of your own mind and your own way of thinking, but really just mm. benefit from God knows how many years of experience from even other people, different walks mm. and different journeys. Mm. Yeah. For sure. And, and I think that's so important because I feel like, you know, God, if we take it back to the church context, right? God has placed us in the church, which is like a very diverse, eclectic mix of people. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I see the people who I'm really cool with at church, I'm like, I would have never met you ever. Like, how would I have even met you? You know, you're so different to me. But the things that I've gotten from being around those people are like invaluable. And I feel that's part of God's design, you know, is that you have so many different parts of the body coming together to make this one thing, this one whole. Um, and like I said, you don't you don't want to cut yourself off from that, whether you're a leader or a follower or, you know, even just friends. You you don't really want to cut yourself off from that. Yeah. So I've got some verses mm. that I'd like to throw in there. And I think they're very relevant for this discussion. And it's Matthew chapter 26 from verse 36. And it's when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. OK, interesting. And it says, then Jesus came with them, the disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. Mm. And he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Mm. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. 
He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray, so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping, because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near. So there's a few reasons why I brought these verses forward. Yeah, I'm confused. Like, <laughs> I'm very intrigued to see where we go from here. There's a few reasons. And it's not because of, I don't think it's because of the same reason that we, me and you, Tolly, were looking at these verses maybe like a month ago. Yeah. But um, the relevance to this conversation is that we're obviously speaking about being in leadership, having those moments when you're dealing with anxiety fear or all sorts of emotions that are based on an external situation that can feel overwhelming and the reason why i thought about these verses is because what we see here is jesus the disciples and a select three i believe it was that got to see that part that vulnerability those moments where he speaks about his soul being sorrowful even unto death and the reason why I brought it forward is because I think yes there's the important part of us talking about being wise about thinking about how it's going to affect is going to be helpful for those that we're needing and stuff like that but equally I think the other thing to balance that conversation out is the importance of finding those safe spaces where you can express those feelings and those emotions where you can be real and raw about what's going on internally so that you can you know, go through the process of dealing with it in a biblical way. And I don't think that when we see Jesus here expressing to these three disciples that he was um, somehow just coming with no with no plan or no method for dealing with those emotions and those raw feelings that he experienced. Mm. But I think you see one, him expressing it to that select three, presumably because he felt that they could handle it. <laughs> but secondly you then see him taking it to to the father and and i think i think that's part of what i'm considering right because when you think about it who was jesus's actual peer right so like when so like let's say for example you know i'm a controller in my business there are other controllers in my business i have friends who are controllers Mm -hmm. so i can i can talk to my friends on a level because we're peers or even someone who's a colleague within the same business because we're peers. Yeah. Right. I don't have to express that to my team. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's really about working it through, I can go to someone who's on my same level, Yeah. you know, or I can go to my manager. So like, you know, if you know, in that scenario, you know, Jesus goes to the father to discuss, mm-hmm. you know, if it's really about me kind of coming through and all that kind of stuff, Jesus didn't really have peers. Mm-hmm. You know, he either had people he was leading we had the father who was leading him yeah 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 you know so 
we have a slightly different dynamic. So what's the role of our peers? You know, so are we sometimes sharing things with the people who we're leading that we should really be sharing with our peers? That's a good point. And I think this is the other thing as well, though, is that even with the peer, the three dy- dynamics of being the leader, the peer, or the one being led, mm. like it's interesting how things can shift based on the subject matter. So you can yeah. have the same group of people who in one area um, you might be the leader but then in another area you are the one that's being led and then in another area you're peer-to-peer with a couple of the other people in the group for sure i think is really interesting but i think that point that you mentioned though about where you're sharing it i think is really important Mm. it's really important because even in terms of and i've made that mistake before as well um Mm. I, i had to learn the hard way man like in in the whole quote unquote disciple making journey i remember a time where i went for a very rough patch in my christian walk um and i came out on the other side just with this resolve that look i'm not going to pretend to be anything further than i am mm. or anything less than I am. i'm just going to be 100 percent real whoever you are you're going to get it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh and i think as a result of that like i spoke about the realness of the bad period and the bad decisions I'd made in the previous season mm. to people who were pretty much new to the faith. Um, and wow. I think it was just out of ignorance, like an out of like, cause I was on this journey of really trying to get this Christian walk, right. Of not trying to buy into this whole thing of creating these fake or fake presentations of yourself as mm. though you have no areas that you're growing in and stuff like that. And it Mm. took me to an extreme, which I think, again, was imbalance, where I was probably having certain conversations with some people that I probably shouldn't have been having them with. Mm. Um, So I think it is really important. And I think it's important to gauge who you're dealing with. (coughs) Excuse me. And to to really balance what is the appropriate level of conversation to Mm. be having with them. Um, um, To be honest, yeah, I have around in corporate world but you know you have to you have to navigate mm. we're usually quite open and quite honest with our team with how we navigate these things yeah we just learned a very big lesson that you cannot be that way with everybody you re- <laughs> you know yeah. um and for me it's quite a it was quite a sad lesson mm. you know because that's how i want to be with everybody mm. actually it's, it was a very needed lesson where actually I need to be able to discern, okay, this person I can say this with, this person I can't say this with. Mm. Because back with this guy, the more we tried to explain, the more we tried to help, the more we tried, the worse and worse it became. Mm. It just spiraled to this place where now we're thinking, how did we get here? Mm. How did we actually get here? So I think the importance of knowing who you're talking to mm. uh, and of bringing that into the picture is so important. It's huge. For sure, man. Because even in terms of your, like, you need to have confidence in the person that's leading, like, on the mm-hmm. subject. You want to you wanna have confidence that even <laughs> whether there's things that they're wrestling with or not, you need to have confidence to know that they at least have it enough, have it together enough to be able to get you across <laughs> wherever they're leading you to. Exactly. It's important, man. It's hugely important. Yeah, so I would wanted to add that there's also an element of honesty and credibility mm. that some of these things contribute to. 
where yeah someone sees that you're struggling with something or that you don't know something mm. and you present as do you do or as though everything's okay yeah it adds an element of distrust because then i know especially if it's someone who probably should you should be open with and you should mm. be able to For sure. express that For sure. i don't know this or they might be able to help you mm. it, it reduces your credibility i think when you try and hide that from them if that makes sense that's real i agree because i think yeah. in those situations it becomes a lot more of a pride issue huge yeah yeah absolutely and you don't know how much help you're potentially robbing yourself of by choosing pride in that moment because by not like, cause even even looking at the conversation that me and that Tolly mentioned about when I messaged him and he said Arnold, mm. like, <laughs> if he did, if he didn't know anything about that, like whether he knew before or not, okay, cool. Now he's at least known. He's got a message, so he knows that it can happen. Yeah, it now gives him a new way to be able to deal with me and our friendship, mm. um, of knowing that, well, I can now see that Arnold has express something that shows that he can look very well put together at times even though in some moments he he has wobblies <laughs> and he has to wrestle with those moments mm. of anxiety and fear um so yeah man and i think it also helps for people to give grace for those things as well yeah right because there can be sometimes and that's why i think between us like we always ask a lot of questions yeah you know because if I can understand why you might be asking for that thing, then actually I can ask the right question instead of just thinking, what? Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean? That's why, yeah. you know? But if actually I know that, oh, okay, actually sometimes this can be a concern, you know, or this and that, then actually I can, I can check. Is this because you're feeling this, this and this? Yeah, yeah. You know? So I think, you know, it says about how God gives grace. God resists the proud, mm. but he gives grace to the humble. You know, and actually like when we're proud and when we act like we've got it all together, even when we don't, mm. you know, people will also resist you for that, mm. you know, because they'll be like, oh, now you now you now it's all gone wrong. Now you want to come to me, you mm. know, but actually, if you can be open with people and say, actually, look, I really don't I really not sure about this or, you know, I'd love your thoughts on this kind of thing. People mm. want to help people like that, you mm. know. When I was thinking about, you know, earlier what you said, um, about how leadership is important. I was thinking about when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, mm. you know, and they were in the storm. And I was thinking about this, mm. I think as well, because of your work storm, mm -hmm. you know, and like Jesus was chilling. He was sleeping. Yeah. You know, and when he woke up, he brought that calming influence. Yeah. You know, he showed them exactly what to do, but yeah. he also taught them the lesson for next time because he demonstrated what should they have done. Yeah. You know, and then he kind of like, whatever the word is, he, he kind of told them off a little bit about, okay, what's going on? Like, where's your faith? Like, this mm. isn't how you deal with this kind of situation, mm. you know, and he took the teachable moments and that's how he led them, you know? And so if Jesus hadn't been in the boat and Jesus hadn't come in that form of leadership, mm. they would have died. Like that was a life or death situation. So these are all people who are very experienced on the sea. Mm. And now they're at the they're at the point where they're like they're thinking they're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so leadership can in some ways be like 
an issue of life and death as well. Mm. And you know what? Isn't there something special about the fact that Jesus was in the boat with them? Yeah. Because it's like it's so easy to be the person that's from the seashore saying, don't be scared. Right. Don't be scared. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like that's yeah. what sometimes happens today. Like where we're, yeah. we find it so easy to talk about how somebody ought to do things or how somebody ought to um, behave in a particular situation rather than sometimes actually getting in the boat with them and yeah. helping them to see what journeying through a situation like that actually, actually looks like. Looks like for because sure. that's what apprenticeship is like and that's what discipleship is. It's discipleship, like you don't just get yeah. the information or the theory, but you no. get to see with your eyeballs. Up close. Like, up close and personal in the same boat mm. that you're, you're sitting in. Weeping and wailing and screaming and hollering, yeah, thinking yeah, that your days are over. Yeah. Jesus is just there, just asleep, just chilling. Mm, chilling. Um, and it gives you permission to do the same thing. It's like it, it empowers you to do the same thing in the future, knowing that, well, we, we were in this situation before. Mm. He was asleep and calm. I was here going crazy, but we managed to get through it. So the next time you're in a situation like that, it almost makes you question, why should I go crazy and start acting like this is going to be over? We've been here before. We can get through this. Exactly. Exactly. It's powerful stuff, man. And that's discipleship. Like, up sure. close and personal, watching the thing live down. Mm. And I think that's what I love about kind of the faith walk, mm. is that God gives you the opportunities to see both sides. Mm. You know, both as a disciple and as a follower. And also as a as a leader, yeah, right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people will all play those kind of those dual roles, mm. and it and it never really stops, mm. you know. And I think that brings us to the end of this episode. So thank you guys once again for listening. Um, if you've got anything that you were shouting out loud whilst you were listening to this conversation, and that we didn't get to hear, please do drop it in the comments, Instagram. Uh, email us inbox us wherever you find us at reason to behold voice note us on yeah, whatsapp send, because i love the feedback yeah, i love send those to the voice notes, notes. Those voice notes send the voice notes they yeah you are. know who you are you know who you are <laughs> i'm talking to you you know exactly who you are love the voice notes <laughs> but once again thank you for tuning in and we will be back with another peace peace